Today's episode of It Could Be You is a very important one, but it's also pretty intense. If you are under the age of 18, go check with a safe adult in your life just to make sure they're ready to discuss these things with you after you listen. And so, we have a content warning. This episode contains discussions of sexual assault and other heavy topics that may be triggering to some. Please take care when listening. The more we know about the topic of sexual assault, the more we can protect ourselves and the people around us. Unfortunately, survivors of sexual assault often feel less than human for a long time. And so, the more we know, the more we can help restore dignity to anyone who might consider us a safe space to share their stories. We're going to try and do all of this today with Mental Health Info Sponge and Feelings Whisper Meg Chanel. And we've only got about 20-ish minutes to do so. You ready? Here we go. My name is Meg Chanel. We're going to talk about sexual assault today. It is very personal to me because some of my friends have been sexually assaulted. Um, And it's actually personal to everybody. They just don't know it. So we're going to learn why it's personal to us and what to do with that. So this is a good time to clarify what we're talking about here. When we're talking about new or difficult topics, it's always wise to stop at the beginning and define our terms. We've used the phrase sexual assault, but do you really know what that is? So let's break it down. Sexual is not just a word to talk about sex. It's a word that we talk about something that involves your private parts. Sexual refers to talking about our bodies, the parts that are for us. And we feel most comfortable with ourselves with those parts. They're usually always covered. If they're uncovered, you're probably in the bathroom. And if they're uncovered in front of other people, it's probably inherently uncomfortable for you to some degree. Assault means to touch, show, say, or do something hurtful to someone else on purpose. So when we put those two together, sexual assault is when someone is inappropriate or hurtful with private parts yours, theirs, or someone else's. So sexual assault can be a lot of things, and it doesn't need to physically hurt to be wrong. Did you catch that? Meg said sexual assault doesn't need to physically hurt to be wrong. Of course, it can definitely be physically harmful, and that is also sexual assault. Maybe you've seen something like that on TV before. But to be clear, someone can be assaulted and never even be touched. Let's listen in as Meg explains a little more about the different ways sexual assault might occur. It can be someone touching your private parts. It can be someone making you touch their private parts. It can also be someone making you look at their private parts or someone else's. Also, someone making you look at photos of someone else's private parts or sharing your own private parts via photo when you did not agree to that. Something that was not cool with you just happened to your body or your eyes and you were not okay with that. Let's check in. How you doing? This feels pretty gross to talk about, doesn't it? But we want you to pay attention to what you're feeling throughout this discussion. So this probably, and by probably I mean definitely, makes you feel uncomfortable to hear about it. And guess what? That's normal. And we should all be uncomfortable hearing about this. Unfortunately, 
a lot of people have experienced sexual assault. So while it's really uncomfortable to talk about, it's actually really common, even if you don't realize it. You probably know a lot of people who have experienced sexual assault. And in every classroom you sit in, there are probably two people who have experienced sexual assault. If you play two sports, basketball, volleyball, there's a person on each team that has experienced it most likely. So because sexual assault happens a lot does not make it okay. It just happens a lot and that sucks. But it's always wrong, always wrong. And why is it wrong? Because it is your body. While Meg's story does not contain sexual assault, she is a survivor of abuse. And here, she gives us a peek into her healing journey. The crux of healing for me was when I realized I have a voice and I have choices. Like that's a common denominator of abuse victims is they don't have a voice and they don't have choices. So giving them their voice back and giving them choices back. So because it's your body, it's, it's your voice. It's your choice what to do with it. When someone else makes the choice for your body, that is assault. That is someone making a choice for you and using your body in a way that you do not want. I've had more than five friends tell me they've been sexually assaulted from the time I was a teenager to now. So I had a childhood friend. We were really close. Like spend the night at each other's house all the time close. Um, and when we were teenagers, she told me she'd been sexually assaulted by another kid. And I knew that other kid. And I was probably one of two people on the planet who knew about it. I didn't even know that it, it was an option for me to do anything with that information. I didn't understand the significance of it. I didn't even really understand the words she was using. Hadn't heard them before. I have another friend who is really, really close and we could have, we could have talked about anything and took years for me to hear the story and it just shows me how important it was for those people to feel safe and it's incredible now to understand that it's normal and it's so sad that it's normal for someone to be sexually assaulted and they don't tell a person on the planet for years most likely like 10 years is a long time and that's normal. I am learning as an adult, and I wish I would have known as a kid how important it was for them to have someone really safe to tell, because it's a big deal, a really big deal for them to say it and feel safe and not judged, and for you to be the voice in their head that says that was not okay. It just wasn't okay. And they need to hear that it's important that they can't speak up for themselves. And they need to be believed. Hold up. Meg said some really good stuff here that we need to sit with for just a second. She emphasized some really important points that the survivors in our lives need to hear and know. She said, survivors need to feel safe. She said, survivors don't need to feel judged. Judgment often comes in the form of statements like, well, what did you do or what did you say to make them fill in the blank? Or what were you wearing? 
Those are judgments. She said, survivors need to be told that what happened to them was not okay. She said, survivors need to hear that they can speak up for themselves. She said, survivors need to be believed. All of these things are things that you and I can do to help the survivors in our lives on their healing journey. So let's circle back to our original point of why this matters to you. It matters because one in 10 students will have been sexually assaulted by their 18th birthday. And after their 18th birthday, one in four women and one in six men have a story of sexual assault. So that's about 17 to 25% of the adults walking around. That's about a fourth of the adults in your community have a story of sexual assault. That's a lot, right? Like a lot, a lot. And thinking about that can be really scary, but we don't want you to be scared because the fact that you're listening to this episode means you're already lowering your risk of it happening. Why? Because the more you know about the topic of sexual assault and healthy relationships, the more you can protect yourself and the people around you. There are other things you can do to lower your risk as well. So while we can never lower someone's risk of it happening to zero, you can definitely know how to greatly lower your risk by knowing the difference between healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships. So you can make sure to set your standards for the kinds of relationships you allow in your life and so you can help your friends spot when they might be in an unhealthy relationship. So relationship does not mean sexual relationship. It can mean Relationship with a coach, relationship with a friend, relationship with someone you work with or work for, relationship within your faith community, relationship with a neighbor or a family member. Any of those relationships can be healthy, unhealthy, somewhere in between. Think right now in your head of someone who feels super safe to you, someone who just feels safe. Think about what that feels like in your body. Think about how you feel when you're around them. Now, Try to translate that feeling into the other relationships around you. Being able to work towards building healthy relationships in your life in different areas is going to help you understand what it feels like to be a healthy and safe person. So that someday, not if, but when someone talks to you about their experience with sexual assault, you know how to be a healthy, safe person for them because you've been able to do it for yourself. You know what it feels like for you so you can give it to somebody else. In a healthy relationship, there are boundaries. Meg, what are boundaries? A boundary is there to help you tell where I stop and where you begin. I don't like that you talk to me that way. Please stop. No, you can't come over and hang today. I'm not down. My sister and I Snapchat each other just to be complete idiots back and forth. It is so fun. If she were to turn and send that Snapchat to all of our friends, I would not be down. My boundary with her is is for me and her to laugh, to be ridiculous together. So digital boundaries, big deal 
digital boundaries, you can have them with anyone. Say, hey, yeah, I shared that with you. I don't want to go in anywhere else. Thanks. Or, hey, I shared that. I regret it. Please delete it. That's a boundary. So let's talk about consent. Meg, what is consent? Consent is when you give clear permission for something to happen. So your parents give consent when they sign a field trip form or agree for you to go with a friend on a beach vacay. That is consent. I agree for you to do this with, for, to me. So because your body is yours, you should always have a say in what is allowed and what isn't allowed to happen to it. And you should have that without the fear of what will happen after you say no. So if you are afraid of what they're going to say after you say yes or no, that's a red flag. It's not a healthy relationship. So you get to say yes and you get to say no. And the absence of no does not mean yes. Healthy relationships are full of open communication and respect for another person and their wishes. So we don't try to talk people out of things or push until you get the answer you want. And it should never be awkward to talk freely about your boundaries. Talking about them is the most loving thing you can do in a relationship. Understanding what people want and don't want. Maybe you're sitting here listening and you know someone who has experienced sexual assault. And you're wondering to yourself, well, what am I supposed to do now? Great question. If sexual assault ever happens to you, it can be really confusing because you might feel way too scared to tell anyone and it can make you feel helpless, alone, ashamed, dirty. It can make you feel like it was completely your fault and it absolutely was not your fault. It was never your fault. You were not wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't deserve for that to happen to you. And it wasn't an accident. It's never an accident when it happens. It is someone else's choice to do that and it harmed you. That's not okay. Sexual assault can happen to anyone. Anyone. It can happen to a boy, a girl of any age. On the other hand, the perpetrator could be anyone. It could be your boyfriend or girlfriend. It could be a sibling or a family member. It could be an adult that you trust to take care of you, help you, teach you, like a coach, a boss, an adult who cares for you. It could be anyone. And they're still responsible for the choices they made to harm you. So if it has happened to you, tell someone. Tell someone who feels safe to you. Tell them, tell them as much as you can about what happened. A parent, a teacher, a grown-up, tell someone who feels safe. And if for some reason that person doesn't believe you or doesn't offer to help you, tell someone else. Keep telling people until they believe you. Don't stop because someone doesn't believe you. They're wrong, not you. And if you're not even sure what happened or if it was bad, that's okay. You need to talk through that. It's so important to understand what happened to you. If something was an experience that leaves you with questions, then you need to be able to talk about it to figure out, was this okay? 
if it wasn't, why it wasn't okay, and who's responsible. And your voice really matters. Your voice matters so much. Your choices matter so much. So if it happened to you, your voice matters. Your story matters. You telling someone matters greatly. So the most important thing you can do is to tell someone and ask them for help. And if someone tells you that this happened to them, be a safe person for them and help them. Take them seriously, care for them, respect them. So how do you be ready for that? How are you a person that can hear somebody else's horrible news and do it well? You practice that by understanding what it feels like to be safe in a relationship because you can't give what you don't have. And you can respect their pain, even if you can't understand it. You can protect their voice because they finally chose to speak up. You can protect that for them, not by keeping it a secret, but by telling them it really matters. It's question time. Take some time to think and talk through these things with a friend, a group, or an adult in your life. Number one, after listening to this discussion on sexual assault, what are you noticing happening inside of you? What feelings are coming up and why do you think you're feeling that way? What are you feeling? What does your body feel like? Do you feel the nervous feeling maybe in your chest, in your stomach, that you feel before you take a big test or playing a big game? Do you feel terrified, like so scared? Do you feel frozen, like you just don't know what to do? Do you feel angry? Like, are you feeling like jittery? Your fists are clenched. Pay attention to what your body is feeling. What are your emotions? How are you responding to this? It is so important for you to become aware of what your body is telling you and how you feel about things. Number two, what is a good thing for you to remember and practice saying in the event that someone ever starts to cross your boundaries with your body? When are times that you can practice saying no so you can say no when you really need to? Number three, when someone tells you something shocking that's hard to believe, how do you typically respond? And do you think there are some ways you can work on responding that make them feel safer, that make them feel not judged, that make them feel able to keep saying more? And that's a wrap for today's episode of It Could Be You. We hope you feel inspired, informed, and empowered to make a difference in the world right around you. Meg's story shows us how things can happen to us or people that we love that are out of our control. By believing people's stories and continuing to talk about the uncomfortable things, we create a more safe and healthy existence for everyone. Take what you've heard here and share it with your friends, family, and classmates. Spark conversations, challenge the status quo, and let your passion be the fuel that drives you into your neighborhood. You can find outlines, worksheets, insight from experts, and other resources for discussing the topic of sexual assault with the people around you at itcouldbeyoupod.com. Friend, villain, fighter, believer, survivor. It could be you. <laughs>